Athletes, are you trying to figure out how you can take your game to the next level? Well, if so, this episode is a perfect episode for you as I have on nutritionist and NHL fitness expert, Tony Greco. Enjoy. How's it going, everyone? My name is Lucas Haltonier from the Hockey with Haltonier podcast, and today I'm proud to have on Tony Greco. Tony is an NHL fitness expert and owner of TG Athletics. Tony, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Lucas. Pleasure. Thank you. Now, getting into things, tell us a bit about how you got into personal training. Um, well, I started uh, quite a while back. I mean, uh, I, I started training guys like uh, Dan Boyle, uh, Marty Havlat, Mike Fisher, uh, Chris Phillips, most of the Ottawa guys, of course. Um, and most of the guys that are um, in Ottawa during the summer. So um, my background was martial arts. And then I started uh, yeah. to evolve and go right into fitness. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it because, um, you know, being a competitor myself, I want to, I don't know if you know this, but I want a gold medal for Canada in 1995 yeah. at the uh, kickbox, uh, kickbox uh, uh, world championship. So, you know, uh, I started to, understand and experience what that winning attitude uh was and um you know i want these guys to win i know winning isn't everything but wanting to win is so i i i, I yeah. started quite a while back and um now i've made it my my future and my dream now with tg athletics is that your goal to create winners we saw you go on claude Giroux, super sex, successful career yeah. um how have you kind of been able to build your winning mentality into the people you train? Well, one of the things I, I can credit that is evolving. And I'll, I'll just uh, kind of give you uh, the long story in a short version. I started, my original brand was Greco Fitness. And yeah. then what happened was I uh, uh, sold my company about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now I just evolved. I started to follow a really good guy, uh, one of my uh you know, a guy that I admire a lot uh, is uh, Dr. Ben Peterson and uh, Cal Dietz, uh, who are guys that uh, Cal Dietz is a uh, coach, uh, works at the University of Minnesota. He's got tons of experience. Uh, Dr. Ben Peterson is the fitness director for San Francisco 49ers. Used to work with the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. So uh, through Claude, got some great contacts. And um, it was great because I started to get more involved into the fitness and for years and years ago with Greco Fitness, I mean, I was one of the first guys that started circuit training in Ottawa. I'm going back like uh, probably 17 years ago. Everybody thought, wow, this guy's like yeah. up to lunch doing all this circuit training, but it, it got so popular and, and it evolved so quickly. But then I started to take the approach of working with the athletes. And uh, one of the things I learned is that, you know, if you're not measuring things, then you're guessing. When you're dealing with a lot of professional athletes and even even the general mainstream population, you want to make sure that people see progress that that that'll create a whole bunch of interest. So one of the things I did is further my knowledge even more in the fitness world, and I started to apply some of the principles. So the stuff that I'm doing is super unique, and um, it's really neat because um, I've had great success. Guys like Jack Quinn who went first round eighth yeah. overall pick to the Buffalo Sabers, and Brand Clark first round pick to LA Kings eighth overall. So um, the momentum is going and, and, and I'm just glad I could really share the progress with others about this amazing concept that I'm creating right now. Now, did he have any of a background in hockey 
when you were kind of going through martial arts, what was kind of like your focus in on hockey now? How did you kind of make that transition? Yeah, it's, it's funny because a lot of people ask me that question. So I started off, I, I actually played, you know, outdoor hockey and learned how to skate when I was six years old. And I loved the sport. And I was going to uh, play a uh, junior A. But what happened was I also loved football. So because um, I'm originally from, from Italy and uh, I immigrated here in 1974 with my parents. So, um, you know, I, I, I had to pick one or the other. And, and that's another lesson I learned is that, you know, you stick to one thing and you do it well. So I loved the yeah. football. I had a great career in football. And um, then what happened was I started to, you know, I've always at the same time was playing hockey, recreational leagues, uh, outdoor rinks. So I've always had a love for the sport that I truly fell in love when I finished my football career because um, I started to get more involved into the athletic field. And that's why I wanted to evolve more in hockey because you know what? Uh, I, I like the hockey players. I think they have great discipline, uh, great yeah. habits. And um, I love the sport. I mean, it's done. You're on a blade. And it's fast. You got to react real quickly. And I love challenges. Uh, that's the kind of guy I am, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I always go through obstacles that, you know, hinder my positive growth. So I love sharing that progress with others. So that's why I love the hockey. And, um, you know, the guys are great. It's a great experience. So that's, yeah, that's, that's why I stuck to it. And now it's funny because, I mean, I played football all my life, but now I actually go to hockey games. I probably maybe yeah. just watch the Super Bowl in the odd NFL game. Now, um, how do you get that research that's going to transition onto the ice? Well, one of the things I, I go to a lot, I go and watch a lot of games, Lucas. One of the things I do as a coach is not just train people, uh, you know, off the ice. And I think that's this is really yeah. important for other coaches is that, you see, there's the physical, the mental, uh, you know, and the spiritual aspect of, of, a, of an athlete. And what happens is, I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, you could have a bad day, a bad experience, you're playing the next game, not that your skill set isn't great, but what happens because you're carrying those negative thoughts from the past, you know, you're almost in that, that moment where you're still back in that past thinking about those past tense. So the, 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 what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot more that goes into these athletes than training. So one of the things I like to do yeah. as a coach is I like to go and watch my athletes play and, you know, see how they react, uh, watch the game. Uh, and then what I do is I love to take a lot of those movement patterns that maybe they might've had uh, a transition going, let's say for in, in the corner and then getting out to the, to the point or, you know, how they were kind of stuck in that corner, how they made the wrong turn or the right turn. So studying those angles and then applying them into the training uh, strategy. And that's really important because that way you're training movement. And, you know, that's another thing that when you want to make sure that when you're going into the gym is that, you, you know, don't confuse movement with progress. So you need to yep. train movement because that's what these athletes do on the ice. Right. And it's really, really important how they transition using their balance, stability, coordination, flexibility, um, explosive power, all that sort of stuff. So by going out to see these players, number one, uh, they appreciate it. I appreciate it. I like to see yep. you know, the stuff and the hard work that they put in during the offseason. And number two, it gives me other challenges to work on. So I stay fresh. Now for the on season, how do athletes need to be sure that they can't be overdoing it to just, do they want to just maintain their strength or how's that kind of process? Um, well, during the on season, what I do is I get a, a lot of the athletes just to work some contrast stuff and where you can't really you know, focus on getting stronger. That's usually done in the off season, but you could try to maintain it. 
right? So a contrast would be like, let's say a heavy lift, which will kind of work a little bit of strength. And then you'll mimic that same yeah. movement pattern with the body weight exercise in a form of a jump, a plyometric exercise. And then you'll add a little bit, maybe like 30% of your one rep max and continue to mimic that pattern. And then add another jumping technique just to really work that velocity. So not a lot of repetitions, uh, not, a, not a lot of work, but that way you're keeping the brain and the body sharp to trigger really quickly. Uh, also has a whole neurological effect too, because, you know, as you know, games are very intense, especially coming into the playoffs. I mean, you know, with the fans and the pressure and all that stuff, you got to stay sharp. So I, I, I just recommend my, my athletes to just do a little bit of contrast to further their strength base, obviously continue to work a little bit of speed because we lose that very quickly, explosive stuff, but nothing too crazy because the main emphasis is, you know, getting your 82, 85, 90 games in. And that's what you should be focusing on is your craft. All the hard work is done in the off season. That's why I recommend people to work hard, create that daily discipline chart every single day and make sure you check all the stuff that you need to do to get better the next season. Injuries are built into the game. How do you work with players through that rehab process? Well, one of the things I do is I, I work with a lot of the teams and uh, once they get into the stage of the rehab, for instance, Brian Clark uh, just had a, a shattered kneecap, very awkward situation. The OHL had a surgery mm -hmm. on his knee. Uh, but now we've been doing the rehab. So usually what I can do is with uh, the doctors that perform the surgery or the team doctor, um, then what will happen is the x-rays will be distributed. So everybody's on the same page, get the athlete in the best possible shape as quick as possible, and obviously prevent any further injuries. So uh, usually with the physiotherapist that we work, some of the movements that we can do in the gym, will do that. But I like to keep a lot of the professionalism as far as you know, the rehab and stuff with the physios, because that's what they do. And um, that way we can share that together. And some of those movement patterns, if we can do them in the gym, then we'll rehab some of the stuff in the gym as well. We've been doing some of that stuff with Brian Clark. For Claude Giroux, you've been training him for basically his whole career. How has he grown as a player on the ice? Well, where has it started off the ice? Oh, uh, I think, you know, uh, a word myelin, you know, in, in the nerves kind of says it all, obsession, uh, desire, uh, determination. Uh, a guy like Claude, I remember him, he came in to see me with uh, Paul Byron and this other uh, defenseman, Simon Lacroix. And Paul Byron's in the NHL, of course, and Claude, well, I don't have to speak about Claude. I think people know where, you know, Claude Giroux. But this guy, uh, his drive, his determination, it, it, like, it, you just know that this guy was going to be a leader because he hates failure. He loves to win. Um, and when I was training him, I remember like, he's just, you know, it's like he wants to go from A to Z right off the bat. And that's, that's that winning attitude, you know, that, that distinguishes your altitude. He is now uh, transitioned into an amazing father, an incredible leader that I see. He really makes the difference. And I truly mean that because I work with a lot of leaders um, and he's got the balance of everything. He really does. And that's what's made Claude who he is today. I mean, you look at the trade, you know, look how great he handled that. Fans of Philadelphia yeah. love him. How can you not? This guy's going out there leaving everything on the ice. And uh, look at him in the playoffs, even with Florida, even though they didn't, they didn't finish. But look at how great they did, especially mm -hmm. in his first few games, to be able to adapt with a new team. But obviously a lot of great players on that team. But that's the sign of a good winner is guys that can uplift people uh, and make people great 
and share the progress with others and work hard by example. And that's what Claude Giroux is. He doesn't just say it, he does it. And I love the guy. He is an NHL captain for nearly a decade. Um, how do you see his leadership from on the ice go into off the ice when you're training him alongside younger guys? And why do you surround those younger guys with Claude? Right. Well, you know what? It, 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 I have a lot of guys that work with Claude. And here's the thing. Claude uplifts everybody. And, and, and this is how he does it in the training. He's here first. You know, he's working harder than a lot of these guys. And these guys haven't even made the OHL yet. Right. So yeah. he is just he leads by examples. And 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 it's just in his it's it's in them, you know, tough to teach that uh, with young people. And I've seen a few young people that are kind of on their way there right now. And it's in you. And, and that's what Claude has is he brings this burst of energy. And if I'm a guy that's trying to make the OHL, forget about the NHL. And I see a guy like him yeah. that financially is successful. And then he's obviously showing the statistic uh, statistics on the ice. I'm like, wow, I'm going to go in there and work my butt. And that's what he does every single time he comes in. He, he always gives 110%. And it, I mean, to be consistent over and over, and I've had him for over 14 summers, that is yeah. unbelievable. And it shows, right? It shows on the ice. Um, and you know what? He loves um, challenges. I know that sometimes, you know, either whether it's the media, the general population, it kind of gets, you know, underneath his skin, seeing that, oh, he's washed up, or he's this or is that. That just makes Claude work harder. And I mean, yeah, Claude, is, Claude just leads by example. And that's a true leader. Sports-specific training. Do you think all hockey players should be doing it? thousand and one percent because again you're not training for the beach and i've seen a lot of coaches out there do great things um and i think every coach's desire is to make every player great because that's a reflection of their work i know it is for me nothing makes me feel better than when my players go out there and just you know uh really do whatever they bet whatever they can and you know get their stats up and all that kind of stuff but, you know, you have to train for the sport. And look at, you know, hockey is a single leg sport. You're transferring forces from one leg to the other. You're absorbing force withstanding to generate power. And that's, in my opinion, the way you should be training is building the strength and then resisting that force so you could generate more power. And one of the things I do is I use, mm-hmm. I train what I call triphasic training. I, train, I yep. train three different tempos to generate maximum force of power. And I mean, that's, I've had great results with that. Thanks again to my good friend, Kyle Dietz. For those 07s, the guys next year, their OHO draft is coming up. They're working out, but they're struggling to gain strength. What advice do you have for them? Well, uh, my advice is you have to do the proper training. So what we do in the first two weeks, Lucas, of our block training is we take about 80% of their one rep max and we slow down the movement pattern. So, for instance, your big compound lifts like your deadlifts, uh, your split squats, uh, those are big muscles that we're going to target, and obviously your hip strength. So when we take that weight and we slowly bring it down for a count of five to seven seconds, it sounds gross, but we actually tear and rip tissue. But because after two weeks, that tissue becomes thicker because we've remodeled it, now it can withstand more. Because it could withstand more, you could push more. And that's how we gain that strength. And we've seen a huge, huge difference. I have a, one of the guys um, that I train, his name is um, Henry Muse. He just actually got signed for the 67. He's going to be a top, top stud, uh, right shot D. And this guy at 15 is crushing 
430 pounds on a hex bar. Now, wow. squat. And the reason why he could do that is because prior to his main, you know, max, he's worked up to it. And that's one of the things that people need to understand about strength is you can constantly build it more and more and more. But strength is really important. Strength, balance, and acceleration. You've been trying to teach hockey players on the internet how to just become a better hockey player, how right. to translate your off-ice strength. Have you kind of built your um, social media following? I have. I've been very uh, blessed. You know what? I've had a company called Deep uh, uh, Deep Media, and uh, and then there's also Deep Social Brands, which is a whole uh, you know team of videographers and and people that just kind of do that stuff. So I like to stick to my domain, and that's to get these players in the top shape. But the only the only issue is is I can only train so many people at one at once. So I'm very, very blessed. And now I can take my message to the world. I've had great results in Europe, great results in the US. And these kids, nothing makes me feel better when I get these emails going, Tony, I followed your program for two weeks. I already feel explosive. My coach has seen the difference. My parents have seen it. I feel it because I know it works. And again, it works because um, if you look at the program itself, and I know you're, you're pretty athletic yourself and you like to train and you're, you're a smart guy, you understand a lot of this stuff is that you need to train right as an athlete. You need to train right because I've seen too many athletes train hard, but not get the results. For instance, I never keep my players doing speed stuff more than 10 seconds, you know, and I always tell them, I say, look, if you think you could go as fast after 10 seconds and you should be, you should be racing Usain Bolt in the Olympics. I mean, you'd be yeah. a gold medal, right? So, uh, you know, that, that little things like that, I don't do more than five to six repetitions and people go, well, why? And I'm like, well, because if you're lifting a heavy weight uh, and I look at the bar speed and if you can do seven or eight reps and lift it just as fast, okay, then I'll let you do 10. But chances are you're not going to do that because it's all about how fast you can hold it and how fast you can push it. And that's the key with an athlete, right? You look at any professional sports, even in uh, hockey, baseball, you name it, you're always in transition. Think of a hockey, yeah. you know, you're, you've got your one leg over the other, like you're in a skating position. Think of uh, a football player, he's running, right? So you're always in transition of absorbing force and then taking off. So if you train like that, your brain, your body gets used to that. So the more you can do that, the more quicker you're going to become. TG Athletics, it been expanding, recently opened up a second location. How has that been? It's been great because we have our main, uh, you know, uh, location, our main boutique over in uh, Ottawa, in uh, the West End in Canada. And that's kind of like the boutique where we offer like the mainstream classes and we offer everything. And then I also have my personal one in Manitic where it's a lot athletic driven uh, people. And then there's also mainstream, mainstream people that do want to train like athletes, which I think is so important. Yeah. And we're also looking to expand in Florida in the near future. We've had a lot of requests for that and also in Burlington. So we're very excited. And I mean, if, if some people are interested, we can show them the concept and the procedure and just, you know, if you really have a love for training athletes and want to be successful at it, I think people would have a great, uh, great opportunity to do really well with this. That being said, built into that, you launched a book a couple of years ago. How was that? The book is doing great. I mean, uh, it's called Strong Mind, Lean Body. And I just took all the experiences that I've had personally, plus I've done over 2,500 consultations, people that came to see me that 
wanted to first lose weight. Uh, then they wanted to, you know, feel better about themselves. Yeah. And I wrote the book because it's based on uh, strengthening minds and building bodies because it really, it's about mindset, right? At the end of the day, everything stems from your mind. If you have the will to do it and you have the will to go through obstacles that, you know, hinder your positive growth and you're, you're, you're willing to take whatever it takes. Definitely. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's what the book's all about. So when you read the book, people have had great results because like, Hey, I was in that situation too. Oh, wow. So this is how we handle that. So it's almost like your own story, but it's mine, but it's really, really will, will definitely reflect something that you have had in your life that maybe you, maybe you felt down and you got back up. Maybe, you know, you, you didn't feel as good and this is what happened. So that was really what to do, what the book was uh, written for is the purpose to uplift somebody's mindset. How were you able to build that connection with the reader when writing the book? Um, well, what I did is I put, I looked, I took out all the experiences and I gathered all, uh, I don't like to say problems because I'm a pretty positive guy, I focus on solutions. So all the solutions that I thought for people's issues and I addressed them in my book. It's like, you know, someone lost a loved one. How do you deal with that? Someone lost a game. How do you deal with that? Someone, you know what, uh, didn't try their best. How do you deal with that? Someone's not eating well. All these different scenarios that, and these thoughts, because there's over 70,000 thoughts that go through people's brain on a regular basis. And, and the ironic part is most of those thoughts are the exact same thoughts. So what happens is, is that if you keep thinking of those thoughts that, that kind of create an experience and produce an emotion in your mind, you kind of keep feeling crappy about yourself. And I don't want you to do that. So what I do is I get you to understand it. Look, it's okay if you lost the game. It's okay if, you know, you didn't go to practice today. And but what are you going to do about it because you didn't go? So it just teaches people to keep moving and don't stop because that's really what it's all about. Because I always say, you know what? I mean, you only lose when you quit, right? So. Speak on a little bit, your nutritionist. How important for athletes is healthy eating? Oh, it's at least... In, in my, I mean, you hear different things. I, I'm going to tell you yeah. my experience. It's about at least uh, 70 to 80% of the battle. And, and, and so I would break it down like this, 80% nutrition, 10% genetics, and then 10% physical fitness. The thing is you need all three to go together because what people don't understand yeah. is, is nutrition is the fuel. And let's look at, let's compare this in a, in now that, you know, we're watching Formula One, it seems to be the Formula mm -hmm. One weekend. If you took a Ferrari, and you know how great that car is. If you put bad fuel and you didn't change the oil right, that car is not going around the track very fast. So yeah. it's the same thing when you're dealing with athletes. You need the high-end fuel. You know, you need your fiber. You need your protein. You need your carbs. I'm not a guy that follows diets. I believe that if you remove the tea and diets, that's what happens. I believe in following a healthy lifestyle by eating the proper foods and the micronutrients of carbohydrates, which is fuel, fats, which is fuel, protein, which is basically your amino acids that build muscle and then hydrate with water. And then, you know what, Every else, everything else comes in moderation because nobody's gonna be perfect, but I say strive for consistency. And because you create a high level of discipline on how you eat, when to eat and what to eat, you learn how to make the proper choices. So that's, that's how it becomes a lifestyle. But I just have seen too many people fail doing diets. Uh, and yeah. it, it, it's just, I mean, it's, it's tough to deal with, right? Not that some don't work or some work and so on, but uh, I just believe in balance. I think it's really key. Well, Tony, thanks for coming on. And I appreciate your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, best success with your podcast. 38 episodes and more to come.
Signing off for now.